Welcome to Southpaws, episode 546. We're not dead. Yay! I'm Severin. I'm Foss. And uh, it's been three weeks, and sorry about that, but we our bodies have been trying to kill us. Mm, yes. Yep. So, Fuzz, you have hurt yourself, and that's really damaged your mobility. I have done two consecutive 360 to kill yourselves. And uh, I had a respiratory infection that was affecting me, just making me hack up everything. And the thing is, COVID tested three times now. Nope. Uh, COVID test and flu test at the doctor's on Tuesday. Nope, fine. They're just like, eh, you know, take some vitamin C. It should probably clear up. If it doesn't clear up by Friday, let us know. Yeah. And we'll get you, like, prednisone or whatever. But that turns me into a raging bitch, so you don't want to see me on that. Mm. And considering I have to be public-facing on Saturday this week, that uh, would not be good. It's like, buy the fucking hat! <laughs> <laughs> buy the jewelry or fuck off! Ah! You know? Just imagine you're mouth just opening up like creature from a movie just okay. biting someone's hand like they reach too close to like a jewelry thing and i think they look suspicious and i just bite them you turn into linda blair the accident <laughs> just like yeah your mother just stocks in hell <laughs> <laughs> by the jewelry ah, <laughs> i'm just gonna let satan wear me like a pair of overalls <laughs> So, and unfortunately, Shiva's household is still dealing with COVID and the like, so they're out of the game, because mm-hmm. until they're all clear, we ain't going over there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Shiva, love you, but stay in your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been, health and stuff has taken up a lot of our time in the last weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been some furry stuff that's happened that we can talk about, um, Anthrocon and Ursula's new book and... You have a couple of new books, it looks like, unless you have a copy of Show of the Ropes, I'm guessing, Frank Lopossum, that finally got a physical release. So do we want to talk about what I've got hidden under the Okay, pillow? What, what's what's in the pillow? Okay. I was like, there's not so, a box. Yes, I wanted their on, live on air reaction to this, so our stock of a Show of the Ropes arrived. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have not oh, actually seen these yet. This these is are thick, thick as hell. Yeah. She said there are 82 pages, and it's like... Wow, wow. it's a really sturdy binding and a really yeah. thick paper stock. So, Show of the Ropes is Glow Possum's most recently completed, like, like you said, 80-something page bondage comic. Yeah. And it's really hot, and she's been working on it for the past couple years. And so, like, I yeah, think at one point she had to go back... to 2023. She had to go back and do a style pass because things had evolved over time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, like there's a real red. issue on long-running uh, projects. <laughs> no, it's really hot, and I'm really glad it got into print. Like, physical copy that I'm holding in my hands and flipping through going, hell yes. Yeah. Because, you know, I was following it as it was released, and... You know, it's it's a long ass comic with a lot of panels. Like you know, I think prior to that, like the longest furry comic that I'd really seen in print was Safe Word by Ace, mm-hmm. and that was another one of those. Holy shit, that's super long. <laughs> We're Boy, going to deep, deep, deep dive. Of deep dive into the husband's aspects of packing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we got that. Uh, they're retailing for forty five. Yeah. Uh, those are eighty six pages long, full color, and uh, cheap. Self-pub them, professionally printed. Uh, oh, yeah, they're them. real nice. They're real good quality. Heavy, uh, heavy-duty stock. Yep. Nice, glossy print. 
Um, like I saw she posted a to Blue Sky that she had dropped off a st- another stack at Phoenix Comics, which is carrying nice. it physically in person. She had to drop yeah. a second stack because the first stack sold immediately. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Because I, I know um, Phoenix sold Crossing That Bridge uh-huh. when it came out. Um, and you know, and she's local to them in that area. Um, and uh, I'm, so, yeah, I'm glad that they're carrying the the sequel it's really cool that it's selling so well at a uh, actual brick and mortar comic shop yeah it helps that like it's owned by a furry <laughs> yeah i bet so that i mean that's really cool i'm glad you got some stock we'll have that for what mff mff yeah we'll probably put them online for sale and you know depending on how well they do online you know we'll bring bring a good chunk to mff uh she's shipping me like two separate shipments though like we got like three boxes already and then they'll be like, <laughs> I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but she was like, I, I ordered X amount and I put aside like 50 for distributors. And because you ordered from us before, you know, I reach out, I'll reach out to you to see if you want to order any. And I was like, that's cute. Give me a hundred. <laughs> and she wrote back and was like, yeah, I kind of realized I was going to need to have another print run done anyway. So she'd already had that undergoing yeah you know as soon as that gets done those uh those will be on their way too it's a good problem to have i mean oh yeah it's great that her comics in demand like the bow possum or braeburn or mish put out like a new comic we're we're gonna order like a hundred of them at least yeah to start with (laughs) 609 fluff is coming out yeah Um, um, i need to email gray about that because uh I don't know if they're going to be an MFF or not, but uh, if they're not, then, you know. I think it's really cool. That one has, like, guest comics in it. Oh. Uh, Twist and uh, Rick Griffin and a number of other comics. There are comic artists, furry artists, who have done or doing 609 comics. Like, I'm not familiar with Fluff. Um, Like, I knew about Shoulder Ropes because I'd seen it bits and pieces of it online uh on on her twitter or on fa uh but I've, so what's like the storyline behind fluff um, i've read the first one I, I think it's just continuation on that comic series with little like one-shot guest comics okay it's more just like hey ollie's stuck in the door getting fucked and here's some other artist interpretation on that ah nice. um, okay. which hey why not i think that's great yep. the uh it'll sell well and braeburn stuff is really good so yeah, and then I think you retweeted or re- reposted, re- reskeeted, yes, yes, because of Blue Sky, um, that Ursula has a new book coming from Tor. Yes, uh, she's been publishing like a lot of her mainstream stuff has been coming out through Tor, um, and they had a cover release, a cover reveal today, and she had uh, posted, she had skeeted about it. Uh, um, on the, I saw it come across my skyline, and uh, I can't remember if she's Ursula Vernon or T, she's T.K. Fisher on uh, Blue Sky. Okay. Okay. The book is called A Sorcerer's Comes to Call, and it is a weird, dark, Regency-esque retelling of the Goose Girl, which is not a fairy tale I'm familiar with. Yeah. But uh, it has... A very lovely cover. Yep. Very cool looking. And I, I think it's cool. This is on the cover. USA Today best-selling author of Nettle and Bone. 
So I had not realized that Nettle and Bone had had hit uh, one of the bestseller lists. So nice. That is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I know the fourth Paladin's book will be on its way to us very shortly too. It's called Paladin's Faith. Man, I'm waiting for her to drop that in my lap at any point. Basically, because I believe she skeeted that uh, the edits are done. Yeah. On it, so. Like I saw her reply to somebody asking her about it that that it's coming soon. So yes, you know. Also, in a, in a couple of other uh, uh, furry audiobook realm. Um, so a few weeks ago, now Kyle released an audiobook of Winter Games, one of the cupcakes that we published a few years back. Uh-huh. Uh So that's out there on Audible, and today they dropped the announcement that. Mysterious Fair Giles's audiobook is now available on audio. Okay, cool. So, you know, Cupcake written by Kyle Gold, narrated by Husketeer, produced by you. Yep. I did the edits and it's now available because, thank God, I had to touch that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm very glad that it passed all, I mean, I made sure it passed all the QA, did all the little fiddly bits. Next up, we're going to have to get edit notes back on titles and Love Match 2. Yeah. But that's coming up. To go back to the audiobook thing, especially about titles. So, three weeks ago or so, uh, we had Out on the Brazos, which is Waco Pride with my parents and Zeus, their dog. He got to come down too. It was fine. My concerns were fairly unfounded. The only person that got uppity was like one queer guy getting mad at the veterans group because they were looking scary, but... They were there providing basically security for the thing. And they didn't have guns, but they all had gunshot med kits because they knew the risks. The attendance was pretty depressed because of the politics, unfortunately. Um, the drag band didn't get knocked down until uh, like two weeks before, so they didn't have any drag shows or anything. Oh, uh, they would have time to prep all that. Yeah, it was, it was suboptimal. Right. But going to the audiobook side of things, my aunt and my cousin? Yeah, she'd be my cousin, right? Your aunt's child? Yes. They'd be your cousin. Okay, so my cousin uh, apparently is a fan of my books. So Ah. it was casually mentioned because, like, she had looked me up on Audible and apparently listened to all of them. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, is Severin gay? Like, yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) And so I, she came and... They actually came down to Waco, two out in the Brazos, so I was sort of a, oh yeah, by the way, and uh, here's Panther, we've been together like 20 years, uh, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, holy shit. It's just one of those things that like, in the past, I had kind of kept her at arm's length because she'd been homophobic in the past, but I guess People she's mellowed. Yeah, which is good, because I mean, she came all the way down to Waco to a pride thing, and she lives in Arlington. Yeah. So, though, <laughs> the reason the Panther was down there was... Oh, right. yeah. A bit scary. So as I finally get down to Waco, I'm about as far from home and any place I know as possible. I start it's hearing about two. It's and a half, it's three hours. yeah, it's two two hours. Two hours. I heard hearing this grinding noise on one of my wheels, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay, well, I'm not that far from the the place where it was held. It was one of the parks off the river there. I get there and get a parking spot. I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do. And I looked and. The brake caliper on my rear right tire had just fallen off. The bolts had, like, worked their way out or something. And the entire brake boot 
had fallen into the wheel itself and was rubbing up against the metal, making this horrible noise. Mm. And I was in Waco with my parents and their car full of stuff, Zeus in my car and my car full of stuff, and I'm going, holy fuck, what am I going to do? And Panther, God bless him, was like, all right, I'll get the tools, and drove his ass down here, acquired the parts. Like, he drove 90 minutes for us to take half an hour to fix it. Right. With, like, make sure we put on extra Loctite, and we double-checked the other wheels, and it was fine, but that way, uh, Panther got to meet my aunt and cousin, and pet Zeus and wander around the park a little bit. So that was nice that he would, I mean, I would hope that he would do it, but he did. And that was really good of him Yeah, because I was just like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. So was that one of the ones you guys had? Yeah, that was, we we did the brake job on my car. So any failure was something that we did. Like we didn't tighten them enough and they worked their way loose or something. And it's just like, I mean, it would be a very, very very odd way to like try to kill me you know and he's the one that has way better he has way more life insurance than i do so you know yeah and then you know the car get wrecked and he'd be short that car and he likes that car so you know i'm pretty sure he didn't try to kill me um i wasn't a blind man no i know i know i just uh it was a very i couldn't remember if you guys had just done the front brakes or if you'd done all we did the whole thing because they were they looked like they'd probably been there forever since, like, the car got bought and we never changed them. And, like, when we took the boots off, they were literally half the depth of the new ones. Mm. Part of the reason that we knew we had to change them is that there's a sensor, dead center, that when it uh, is exposed to the brake disc, it sets off a warning and says, hey, you have to replace your brakes. Mm. I mean, so it was... The sensor was working as intended, yeah. and we just did the work, but I guess we didn't tighten this bolts on well enough on that one wheel. So was any part actually destroyed then? No. Know? Okay. Like, it went for maybe a mile of it, like, rubbing up against so it. So all you had to do was basically take the wheel apart, put the yeah, back together. basically jack the car up, put the, pull the wheel off, reattach the screws, double check the other ones, right. put the wheel back on, bada bing, bada boom, no problem. So that, that was fun because yeah. the car has been fine since then. Like last weekend was really nice. I uh, went up to Denton mm-hmm. for a couple pop-up markets. So, you know, mom gets all these things on Facebook for pop-up markets. There was this one up one that we knew of in, up in Denton that was like some spooky-doo occult market thing. And I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. And it largely was spooky-doo occultic stuff that really isn't my parents' jam. Mm-hmm. There was some cool jewelry and stuff and some people that we done shows with in the past but it was not really their speed it was cool though i got to pet some dogs and then on the way out we saw another one that was on the other side of the square that they got to wander around and look at didn't you say it was like a furry yeah while they were sitting down together on a bench because they'd walked longer than they intended to i was like i'm gonna go walk around the square a little bit get some photos of the denton county courthouse in the in the twilight you know pretty sun going down it's a kind of it's just a square courthouse building but it has like fancy columns and there's uh balconies on every corner Mm. that are held up by columns it's it's fancy ass it was built in 1896 cool so it's old, and there's a neat old bank building that reminded me a lot of, like, the firehouse from Ghostbusters <laughs> with the fancy, like, Romanesque de- uh, decoration. There's a big mechanical clock on one of the corners of it. And the Denton Town Square is actually doing really well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's—basically every store is full almost, and, like, the stores that are there are, like, 
touristy things like come down, come down the square and get some ice cream and this, there's a toy store and a comic store and a free play arcade and flea markets and vintage clothing and all this other stuff so you know mm-hmm. it's it's doing well and yeah there was a dude in a fursuit head busking outside of the free play doing oh. songs on request that i got a photo of as well <laughs> yeah he was he was doing some hymn thing when i was doing it but he'd had a list of songs that he'd played. It was like Try Everything and some other stuff that, yeah. you know, that you would expect someone like, oh, you're a furry, played this song. Okay. And they had, and they were playing it expertly in a fursuit head, you know, so clearly they're practiced and know what they're doing. I thought that was really cool. Like, it was a nice day trip out there. I didn't even spend that much money to have a good time. Can you do a Blue Eye Soul version of the um, Nothing But Animals song by Bloodhound Gang? <laughs> <laughs> you and me, baby, ain't, ain't nothing, nothing but, but mammals. So let's do it like they do it on Discovery Channel. Yeah, the picture says get free pictures with Dusty the Fox. But yeah, that was uh, that was a nice nice trip. Other than that, just like my garden's going well, and blue sky is nice, and mm-hmm. haven't had to kill anybody lately, which is nice. Get your, get your murdering under control. Playing click cookie clicker. <laughs> yeah. That's a little inside joke. <laughs> yeah. But no, my peppers are doing really well now that it's cooled down a lot. I'm going to have so much fucking spicy salt to give to people. Like, I have this one one big thunderbolt that's as long as my hand. Wow. That's continuing to grow. The cooler weather really helped out here. Uh, my garden. <laughs> so, I... They're either, like, bushes... The, but they're they've been around long enough that they have like the woody stalk, mm. like they're they're established plants. Yeah. Unfortunately, that means they won't survive the winter because I don't have space to really bring them inside, because the two cayenne bushes are in literally a filled with dirt fifty five fifty gallon tub. Mm-hmm. You just have to get some like bunch of heat lamps and enclosure patio. Yeah, just like do a turn it into a green little, little greenhouse. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what are you doing out there? I'm keeping my peppers alive through the winter. Because mm-hmm. I've done it before. Like, I have heat mats and I have some greenhouse covering mm-hmm. that you can weigh down. And so it kind of traps the heat. And, like, last year I only lost, like, some outer leaves. Like, the leaves that were touching the edge of it and the, the plastic window. Yeah. But the stuff that was on the inside, they, they survived. Nice. But then we had that longer freeze that was just the end of them. Mm-hmm. So I just had to start fresh this year. But, you know. Yeah. They made it through, and I'm going to have, like, 60 peppers. Okay, look, 60 Serranos, probably 100-plus Cayennes, and a half dozen Thunderbolts in the next couple weeks. So that'll involve a lot of salsa-making and salt-making and figuring out what the hell I'm going to do with Thunderbolts because they're, like, banana peppers. They're not spicy. Uh-huh. I could make, I could learn to make chili rellenos. I could do that. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways. Mm. Yeah, so... Gardening is going well too. Um, but yeah, we we have a few topics that we did bring this week that I'd been wanting to kind of toss up because I mean, obviously the world's on fire and shit sucks. So there's plenty of stuff we don't want to talk about and aren't going to talk about because mm. we are not Middle East experts. Other than saying, "Boy, howdy, that sure fucking sucks." Though, oh, going back to something books wise that you shared today, Fuzz, mm. there was that post about Graham Linehan's new book. <laughs> yeah. How his new memoir, Tough Crowd, How I Made and Lost a Career in Comedy, sold 390 copies in its first week. 
including yeah. the pre-sales, a figure that fails to place it in the top 1,000 books. To put this into context, titles that did crack the top thou include a large print word search book in it 551, which sold more than twice that, and a coloring book called Dinosaurs Around the World, which sold over 2,000 copies. People were linking the Amazon link to the dinosaur coloring book in the thread. <laughs> nice. They're like, yo, check out this dope coloring book. These dinosaurs are sick. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's like, like oh. you know, outside of him just, just being a fucking shit head windbag bigot um like is there much of a market for a book that's literally like uh, i'm old people don't listen to me anymore cancel culture strikes again (laughs) well like he's not like a major political figure like no he wrote like some tv shows in the 90s yeah yeah that got like american versions in some cases Mm. whoop-de-doo um, and then, like, he decided that I'm going to become another British turf and become incredibly divorced. I, I really don't understand people that are just like, you know what, I have either a, a thriving career or an okay career, you know, okay in the case of his, thriving in the case of rolling, and, and then they just decide, you know what, I have found the hill I'm going to die on, and it's being a bigoted piece of shit towards trans people for no reason for no reason just like you know what these people aren't hurting me i have i have a career i have more money than god during my career in the case of rolling i have more money than god and i'm just gonna be a piece of shit yeah (laughs) and uh, i'm going to say bad opinions out loud to as many people as I can, as often as I can. What? People, people aren't wanting to buy my book or play the new video game <laughs> that t- t- feeds on their childhood nostalgia. Yeah. You know, it's, like, like... I, it's just such a deliberate act. It, it seems like I cannot conceive of I mean, I guess I could conceive of it because I'm like, yeah, taking a stand for trans rights is something I would speak out about, you know, even if I was like super famous. It's really hard to justify, I don't like this particular group of people and this is super unpopular, so I'm just going to flush my career down the toilet. Yeah, I mean, the thing is like, Actors and and people are pro-trans. Like, you're looking at, like, Maurice, most recently, David Tennant, yeah, who yeah. Graham Linehan called a groomer, and then, you know what happened? It turns out that they were repped by the same company, and you know who lost their agent? It wasn't David Tennant. And Graham Linehan's like, well, Tennant makes slightly more money than I do right now, and it's just like, yeah, you know, dude, that's... I mean, that's not even all full the, story. The Pacific Ocean is slightly larger than my toilet. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mentioned either conversation or maybe on, the, on this show, but, like, some people replying to posts about that that were that were anti-trans or talking about how, like, tenants all washed up and shit like that. And I'm like, in 2023 alone, he has been in the second season of Good Omens, the third season of Staged, voicing a major character in Ahsoka, and... Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials coming out in a month. 
Yeah. Like, so he's he's literary, literary, literally in, you know, famous novel series, Doctor Who. Star Wars. Star Wars. He exists in the MCU because of uh, Jessica Jones, the character who played Jessica Jones, the Purple Man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he also exists in the Harry Potter universe because he played the guy that is transmogrified into Mad-Eye Moody at some point. He plays the regular form of that guy. He's only in, like, two scenes. But, you know, he had a cameo. We just need to get him in Star Trek, and he'll be in pretty much... Like, somebody was like, David Tennant is collecting fandoms like Thanos collects Infinity Stones. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to get him into some, like, Star Trek show, I'm sure. Yeah, And, uh, and it's just like... What reality are these people living in that they're like, oh, David Tennant's washed up, you know? He hasn't done anything since he played the Tenth Doctor in 2008. Well, <laughs> well I mean, you know, they're British. And that's they? not even they everything don't... he's been in. I've watched him in like two other miniseries this year that weren't science fiction. It had nothing to do with everything else he's known for. It's just the turfs are just completely cut off from reality and basic facts. On more than just uh, trans rights issues, just in, like, basic reality. They're idiots. So, just, he has six upcoming projects listed on IMDb right now. (laughs) This is not to uh, consider the previous 152 credits he has. So, he's a bit of a busy lad. foreseeable future, yeah. So, you know, there's that. And then, you know, you have fucking rowling being like oh well i'll do two years in prison over using a trans person's correct pronouns and people are like all right well that's fine yeah good good luck with that yeah you you can go to jail that's fine fuck you go for it (laughs) i they're just like oh is is that a threat or a promise well they're doing the whole like there's gonna be an election in the uk apparently and they're like oh labor is gonna make it so that everyone is mandatorily trans type (laughs) shit you know they're like you're gonna trans your gender they're gonna take your penis and give you boobs and there's people that are like hmm you know it's just hyperbole from a terrible person you know yeah. it's just you know whatever because you know the eu i mean i wonder so does with brexit does the eu like still have any sort of influence over like british bullshit because they've left they left the eu they're off on their own little thing answer is it's complicated okay well i'm not expecting you to be an international relations specialist here right. i know little bits about it here and there and i will get a lot wrong i know that there are some situations and some organizations that involve the eu but extend outside of the eu and there are other international treaties that they're involved with like um i think it's like the international criminal court Mm -hmm. is one of them and tories want to leave of course organization that basically it's like hey, don't commit war crimes, maybe? Like, you know, that, that sort of word. Yeah. And there are a couple of other things. There's other things that they have to adhere to. Like, if you want to, like, manufacture in the UK and sell your product to the massive market that is the EU, the closest huge market to the UK, I mean, you're going to have to follow their rules as far as, like, you know, well, we we filled these baby clothes with cancer. 
you know, mm. like that's not going to fly, right? So there's still a lot of like rules and regs and shit like that that like British companies would have to obey if they want to sell to anybody outside Britain. Well, so the reason I bring this up is that we're segueing into the next topic that I brought up. Okay. Um, is that Elon Musk is considering removing Twitter yes. from Europe over the EU's laws over uh, the uh, Digital Services Act. Mm-hmm. So just this real short article from Reuters. Elon Musk, owner of social media platform X, is considering removing the service formerly called Twitter from Europe in response to a new internet platform regulation in the region, new site Insider reported on Wednesday. The billionaire has discussed removing the app's availability in the region or blocking users in the EU from accessing it, a person familiar with the company told the publication. The European Union in August adopted the Digital Services Act, which sets forth rules for preventing the spread of harmful content, banning or limiting certain user-targeting practices, and sharing some internal data with regulators and associated researchers, among other things. X did not respond for comment. So, basically, the EU is like, hey, you need to stop, like, all these Nazis and uh, maybe stop, you know, put people things in place to stop people sharing like atrocities of, mm. from the Middle East and stuff. I can't do that. That's the majority of my user base. Yeah, and yeah. the whole, one of the things that Steve Flatt was like, you know, if if he did ban the EU and that included Britain, that would be like the single most pro-trans thing that Elon Musk has ever done. <laughs> that probably, since that's IP based and that's specifically a EU thing, that probably would not affect Britain. I know, but um, still, it would be it, funny. It's a it's a great idea. It's like a do it. That would be a hilarious kind of moment. Like, hell, if they banned Twitter in America, that would be great too. Because like, uh, but this is sort of like Apple being forced to move to USB C on their new phones because the EU was like, all phone manufacturers have to use a universal standard, and we've decided that that's going to be USB C. Yeah. It's if, gonna be. It would be unnecessarily expensive to make certain phone cases and connector designs for that one market, and then use Lightning everywhere else. Yeah, like I like Lightning. It's it's a decent cable, and like USB C is fine too. I have no strong feelings on the matter, yeah. but it's just one of those like if you want to play in this market, you have to do this thing as a and. Most companies were like, I like money more than I like, you know, doing my own thing, so sure, I'll comply. And in this particular case, Elon's like, actually, I don't want to suppress the Nazis and the misinformation and the gore. of. See, like, and the difference is, is that Apple's a real company. Apple is a big boy company. Tim Cook is not a fucking idiot. Like, you, you may... It is Tim Cook. Is his uh, yeah. yeah, it's not Tim Apple. It's not Tim Apple. So, <laughs> I mean, you may agree or disagree or like the effects of like a massive capitalist corporation and how he runs it and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Tim Cook knows how to do his job as CEO of Apple. Elon Musk does not know how to do his job as CEO of any of the companies that he is CEO yeah. of and shouldn't be. Like, well, I guess he's technically not CEO of Twitter anymore. Um, Yaccarino or yeah. whatever. Laura. Lauren, Linda. Linda. Okay. I knew it was Linda Yaccarino. Yeah. Uh, but like most CEOs are driven by the bottom line of making themselves and their shareholders money. Not great foundation to build a society on but on the other hand elon is driven solely by his ego yeah and if he has to spend 44 billion dollars to buy a corporation take it private and then run it into the ground to feel a little better about himself he'll fucking do it 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you have SpaceX recently got hit with big fines and uh, rulings about their failed launch on 420, mm-hmm. which Elon pushed forward because he wanted the funny space number to for his rocket launch that exploded. That's, that's the fucking thing, Jesus Christ. You cannot... Like, yeah, haha, funny meme or something like that. But, like, you cannot run a fucking actual huge company like that. If he was running a dispensary, sure, do fucking events on 420. Your fans will kill you if you don't. But it's a fucking rocket company, for God's sake. Like, there's no fucking reason. Well, and because of that, like, he blew the fuck out of his launch pad damaged his launch facilities, and fucked up a wildlife reserve in the process. So the and government... Like, you know the fucked up wildlife reserve to him? Doesn't even matter. Oh, $150 billion fine? Throw some money at it. I don't yeah. care. Nobody cares. You have, uh, like, Tesla is expecting, quote, less than expected quarterly returns because of the Cybertruck. Uh, they posted... Well, the headline specifically said, Elon Musk tells Tesla, we dug our own grave with the Cybertruck. The Tesla CEO said he wanted to temper expectations during the Q3 results call, which looking at the uh, their stock, they're down like 10% for the day. So, But the their context, shit goes up and down constantly. The context that I saw that screen cap in was a ski that was like, I just want to be clear. No, we did not you know, pin our expectations of the Cybertruck. That was you, Elon. That was all you. You experts, engineers, other C-suite people in Tesla all told you this was a terrible fucking idea. And you did it anyway. Yep. And it's like, yeah. And honestly, I mean, I didn't even know they were really out of, like, the prototype stage. I knew I'd seen videos of, like, a couple of videos of them at, like, a big exclusive car show in Vegas or something like that. But like, I didn't know that there was any quantity of them like on the road. There's not really like, there's very few getting out there, but the thing is because of their flat panels, they're also like very reflective and they'll blind other drivers. It's they're very horrifically badly designed vehicles. Um, and look like they're slapped together from fucking sheet metal. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. That's fun too. And then it was recently announced that uh, they're starting a thing for to sign up for Twitter requires you to pay them a dollar. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so they're justifying it by saying it's supposed to cut down on bots. So mm-hmm. if you want to be able to post and interact, you have to pay a dollar per and s- account. Instead of lurking. But the thing is, like... One, that's not going to stop a bot. Like, there's verified bots. They'll pay the $8 a month, so a dollar to sign up a new account is nothing to these people. Right. If they can trick people into buying them. And then you have the fact that also that just... It's giving your payment information to Elon Musk. Someone pointed that out in a response to their, like, you know, if anything, he's doing this because of all the payment information that he yeah. can collect. Like, the... Credit card processing fees for this, he's not making anything. He's like, it's like, what, 2.3% plus 35 or something like that? So, like, he's losing more than, like, half his cost in just credit card fees alone, not to mention anything else. But he's going to have your info. And, yeah, he wants your banking information, but also think about it from this way. Mm -hmm. He hands over information to Saudi Arabia 
and the Mossad and Turkey and I'm assuming <laughs> and I'm assuming the US as well. Right. Like he's getting personal identifying information from users via payment processing that he can then hand over to governments that don't like you. So that's also another angle to think about with this whole dollar thing. It's like I don't trust Elon Musk with my payment information and I don't trust him to put a chip in my head. Yeah. But, I mean, if you are one of those people that does both, I encourage you to do it at your earliest convenience and let me know how it goes. Yeah. Um, do it early and often. When you, when you get, like, your brain turns into Swiss cheese or whatever. Just fill your fucking brain with chips, man. You know, just, just reenact the penultimate scene of Superman 3, except inside your head. Just yep. become a bag of Doritos. Yeah, and, like, I remember seeing that scene as a kid and going, what the fuck? Yeah, where you get sucked in the so, computer and like metal plated. I, I remember years ago, like kind of confessing online is like one of my one of the scariest things that frightened me as a child is this scene from Superman three, and I was surprised and hard to know that I wasn't the only one. But oh no, dude. people replied to be like, "No, dude, I saw that too. It was fucking terrifying." Yeah, <laughs> that woman got like cyberized. Yeah, <sighs> that's what will happen if you. Sign up for Twitter. And, you know, get a cyber link. Well, I mean, consider he's like, I'm going to pay while the ability to post. He put a chip in your head. And he's like, oh, sorry, you didn't pay for hearing premium or turning <laughs> off your hearing. That's literally happened to people. Well, that is true. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple people who had oh, cybernetic yeah. eyes and the company went under and their eyes just turned off. Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. Like... In this world where companies shut down on a fucking whim or get sold on, like, the daily, mm -hmm. we have to worry about losing access to songs on fucking Bandcamp because it's getting sold. Yeah. Think about, like, you know, access to parts of your brain that you have handed over to cybernetics. Like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. company is some fucking stupid peak 2023 name. Like the concept of cybernetics, like in in Shadowrun and Cyberpunk, and stuff, you know, having a computer in your head to do all that—that's cool as shit. Just not Elon fucking Musk, you know? Yeah. Well, like, see, that's the problem is that like the shit that he does is a shit that like, oh, this would be cool because it was in a movie or haha four twenty or something like that. Like the Cybertron, the trunk, the Cybertruck is totally like, oh, it'd be badass to design like. A crossover between a Mad Max vehicle and the fucking in sixty four tank, tank thing in the second Aliens movie, right? Oh uh, yeah, but like, yeah, but like that's it's fiction, man. It, it's not the twenty fourth century, and there are like real world consequences that you don't have to take into account when you're making a movie or writing a book. Yeah, you know, like he said, when you put that fucker on the street. It is so reflective of Blind's other drivers. Like, well, that wasn't a problem for Ripley, who was on a fucking colony with minimal power and, like, constant darkness. And, you know, if the reflection blinded to aliens, it would have actually been a good thing. <laughs> it's like, but you, you can't just fucking do that on, like, I-5 at California or something, you know? Like... And the other thing about cybernetics is, and the whole Shadowrun concept is, the corporations were the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a reason the corporations were the bad guys, because they were going to do exactly what they're doing now. And see, it's all the people who had the Fetty cybernetics that um, were basically on Mastodon for cybernetics that had the cool shape. 
Mm. And that, that's the, not just um, Shadowrun too, but just the concept of cyberpunk in general. Like a lot of people like took the aesthetic of it because the aesthetic is cool, but they didn't buy into the, the political ethos of the movement. Yeah. And that was the corporations are bad and governments are also bad. And like you shouldn't hand over too much of your autonomy to anyone. Um, but, you know, here in Dallas, we have the aesthetic, you know, we have the fucking glowing neon downtown. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how two people can watch the same content and get completely different perspectives upon it. Because, oh. like, I watched Fight Club, and the what I took from that is corporations bad, and we should have a simpler lifestyle. But what other people took from it was toxic masculinity. Which, you know, considering the book was written by a gay guy. Like, there's... Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Unless I'm, like... I don't remember. I just but... remember, like, the the director was, like... Yeah, people... A lot of people totally took the wrong message from that. So, like, I was listening to a podcast and they would have mentioned the film The Big Short, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be, like, a warning of, hey, here's how the financial crisis happened and, and, the, and the housing market collapsed. So let's not ever do this again. And the fucking Wall Street bros were like, here is a guidebook for exactly how we should, what we should do to get rich. It's people that look at Gordon Gecko and Wall Street as an aspirational figure, yeah. as opposed to the villain. Are you the yeah. Chuck Palahniuk is gay. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, and like it's the whole. You know, picture of a Gundam shooting its blade and says, message war is bad. And the guy's like, woo, cool robot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, God, Which, considering that Namco is doing more of their bullshit with NFTs. What was that, Nambla? Namco. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, you know Nambla. Um, <laughs> Nambla, creators of fine uh, model robots and stuff. The uh, They recently launched an NFT thing. And didn't really give their NFT makers good instructions? Question mark Because all the CAD files for I the Gundams read, yeah, saw, yeah. are were in the program, and they are now in the wild on the internet. <laughs> so, do you want to 3D print the newest Gundam that hasn't even been released yet? You have the files to do it. Like a lot of them are really I mean, simplistic. The value of that license just tanked because there's no reason to sell no people people don't necessarily have to buy a bunch of expensive Gundam statues when they can just make have their somebody own. or do it themselves 3D printed paint it. Yeah, and the thing is like somebody already cuz what they did apparently is they took the CAD files of these parts that go on the sprue and then kludged them together in CAD or whatever modeling program so when you got into the files, you could just literally pull the parts apart and get all the constituent elements of this Gundam and then, you know, put it into a grid, print that bitch, and congratulations, you have this Gundam that's unreleased. And you are correct that this does really impact their bottom line because if you really, really want that, you know, Gundam Strike Freedom 2023 EX plus Alpha and it's a $300 model kit from Japan uh-huh. or... You here's hand the files to your buddy who has a 3D printer and 20 bucks and forever supplies and just yeah you get probably higher quality plastic that way 
You can even buy a three a decent three D printer for like a hundred and twenty. Yeah, the the starter kits, starter printers are like a hundred bucks now. You can, you can literally go to Micro Center and buy one, just off the shelf. Hell, you can go to Altex. Yeah, Altex. Mm. Here we go. Here's one two day shipping on Amazon for a hundred and sixty nine. Nice. So you know NFT bros strike again. People found this out. Grab the files, cracked them open, spread them like wildfire, and then were like, oh, look at this. So, you know, they shut down their NFT portal well, you know, well after the horse is bolted and this it's a cyber horse. Yeah. It's a robot horse this time. Was it put on World of Tanks? Subreddit? <laughs> yeah. Oh god damn it, War Thunder, not again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't they just have something? Like, yeah. yeah. It was some like MIG something or another. It's like, no, this is incorrect. You're modeling it wrong. Here are the classified military documents that prove that it does this differently than it modeled in your video game. Yeah, and meanwhile, the fucking spy from another country that's egging this guy on to like prove his point is like, okay, cool, thank you. I like send I am, these to my boss. I am thoroughly owned. Thank you. Well, I mean, it was like a Russian air, pla- air platform, so it's not like it's one of quote unquote ours, but still, just you know, they, you see the people that like post a little clapping. It's been zero days since classified military documents were leaked on the War Thunder forums. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. Just it's it's goofy, but you know, I always love to see NFT bros eat shit. Um, speaking in like Tara Strong oh. and her and her bullshit, more like Tara Weak. Am I right? <laughs> that you know, <laughs> anti-vax, total bitch, terrible guest, and apparently Princess Clara from Drawn Together is more her real personality than you would have guessed. Oh no! Um, and she had also been involved in a NFT thing. Yeah, something called like holidays or whatever and it was supposed to be a eco-friendly nft thing where the p- things are paid for like, frame as soon by as f- i saw that i do bullshit yeah like, that were like this nft collection i did the, the tiniest bit of legwork and found out one even though this was at the height of the nft quote-unquote craze that was being astroturfed only like a third of them ever sold and the last time that anyone touched anything in that particular collection was 10 months ago and they sold for like 30 bucks like admittedly like solana is worth like 20 bucks per solana buck and they're all listed at like one to two the highest one ever sold was for like 10 or 11 so you know someone chucked up 220 dollars for one of these stupid little nfts but nothing has been touched for literally 10 months so like that little participatory scam is over with and i tried looking up the thing and didn't look like anything ever got made from it but she did sully her name with nfts for it so you know good job yeah she uh really really ruined her reputation a lot then and then like her faving a bunch of really bloodthirsty tweets over the past week uh, oh, the, the about israel palestine stuff and people going hey tara what the fuck man um yeah. so that didn't help that actually cost her a role really oh. yeah some like smaller budget projects like yeah we're gonna get a different voice actor for this uh you know because of reasons <laughs> no, I'm, 
I'm, I'm laughing because I'm just uh, imagining, oh, yeah, she was going to uh, voice Cara Dune in an animated uh, Star Wars show. And <laughs> Disney producers are just like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Why do we keep hiring anti-Semites to play this character? Why does this keep happening? <laughs> well, I don't know. No, that's the thing. Like, Tara's, like, Jewish. So, I know, I no, know. She was well, just, yeah, okay, yeah. I, but just still. Shitty people. Yeah, shitty people, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I remembered that. I remembered she was Jewish, so I figured she was all in on Israel, do whatever you fucking want. Yeah, <laughs> and like, you know, it makes much sense to that one fursy grandpa that was, like, worried about the border while living in central Florida. He's like, I'm afraid of Cubans and Haitians swimming across the ocean and coming in. I mean, they're, like, they're, was he in person as he said this? Well, no, he it was. was uh, this is on Twitter. His PFP is a fursuit. Oh, he, he's yeah. like I was some, just imagining this dude on Fox News in a fruit fursuit. That would just... be fucked up, but also not really that funny. Um, but no, this particular guy was just like some grandpa fursuiter who was like, I'm old, but spreading love. It's like there's this, you know, bullshit positivity post. And then like two hours later, he's like, I'm going to go to the gun store and buy $100 worth of ammo because of the border. Like two hours later after he's like, love and positivity to all mankind, and I'm going to get gun bullets. I mean, they are, he is a Florida man. And then he doubled down and he deleted the tweet and tried to claim that he hadn't when people are like, you, you, you posted this two hours ago and we screencapped it. Anyway, it's, it's stupid. You don't have to post what's going on in your head. I think that's one thing that we can kind of really, because, you know, with Graham Linehan and J.K. Rowling and Tara and this first grandpa, they just opened their fucking mouths and garbage fell out mm-hmm. and it affected them. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously on vastly differing scales, but still, it's just like, you did it to yourself, buddy. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. why I stick to Boomer Posting on bluesky.app. And then uh, you mentioned earlier this week that people were actually using social media less lately. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, this was uh, statistically this happened that like even, once Twitter hit the rocks, even though we got that one I can never remember. Because well, plus threads, plus blue sky, plus mastodon. Um, overall, social media use is declined. Yeah. Because I I guess a lot of casual users of social media that can make a Twitter account, they can make a Facebook account. But when shit goes tits up and it's not fun anymore, they're just like, eh. Setting up a Mastodon account is beyond them. And maybe they're not tuned in enough to really know about like Threads and Blue Sky uh, and the other because there was a few people like there's hive of social or whatever there's a few that people tried to do and like didn't go anywhere and like blue sky seems to be the one that's winning for now but then you have the question of its longevity but it's it's fun it's better i wouldn't say it's great it's it's winning because of the way they marketed their platform yeah by having it invite and then like kind of um, a contagion invite system mm. where you gain invite codes to then give to your friends. Yeah. It incentivized you to invite people to it. And when you did get invited, you tended to join, join more because you were joining the secret club. It's like when you join the uh, VIP lounge at the airport and well, you want to know what's behind the doors. And it's <laughs> like nice bathrooms and snack cakes and soda machines. 
and being by booze because of recent changes with twitter and people's like adult accounts literally being told hey you've been flagged and this is going to affect your reach like i had three codes that i like i had literally given the codes to two other people and they hadn't cashed them in and then rj palmer who is a pokemon artist well he got his start doing pokemon art and he worked on the movie detective pikachu but he does other art too but that's like the thing he's known for um and he's like i've got a discord full of artists that need codes if you want to donate them here and i emailed him my three codes and they were all claimed within like 30 minutes of me sending him and i'm like fantastic so like more artists are joining the platform because twitter is becoming more hostile um and that includes both adult and non-adult artists it's the place uh, to be for the moment i will say it's probably not a good idea to post blue sky invite codes to twitter because people were doing that, you know, with the understanding that, oh, my followers will see this and maybe someone will use it. But people have since made bots that are set up to automatically scrape Blue Sky. <laughs> yeah, like if you post it in plain text, that'll that'll fuck you up. And I, I yeah. was doing it one-to-one via like Telegram. I was trying to do it one-to-one, but like the thing is, though, is that like I got invited. And then after a couple weeks, that first account got, got two codes. So I made accounts for my companies so that I could secure an account there. So I have a for Planet One and an Argyle one. So now I have three accounts that I always that I use at varying speeds. Long story short, I've I've got like ten fucking codes right now. And like I have offered on furry like two different furry business dealer telegram groups. I've offered in the writing group and like Nobody wants, like, everyone's already there, I guess, that I know. Yeah, um, like, so. I, I put them in, like, I even, like, pinged everybody on my old fucking PonyCon Discord. Right. Because like, there's still yeah. people in it. I never killed the server. Why would I? Yeah. Like, I was like, hey, anybody need a Blue Sky code? I pinged one of the ones I'm in for, like, watching Summer Games Done Quick with, like, furries and shit. Like, mm. asked in there. I put it in my Final Fantasy guild discord like i i was literally it's like i have these codes please somebody join you know and it's just like all right because i i think it is like with twitter the people that posted more than like four times a month or like 10 percent of the users people yeah. like us were the freaks of twitter yeah like who used it as like a little self-journaling microblogging platform and most people logged in looked at tits and or the sports and then logged off right so like most people to go back to the social media uses down yeah. are just using it less because it's not a big deal to them. Yeah. You, you gasped. Oh, um, cause you were talking about a discord server and you remember a rate day server. Uh huh. People still coordinate in there and do stuff. Yeah. Um, for little groups, they were at the Texas state fair when the shooting happened. Oh shit. <laughs> like there's, I went into the server cause like, I don't ever check this thing cause I don't think Pokemon Go anymore. And like, I was just watching and there were like posts of the, the, the state fair. And then people were like, Oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> they were all okay, but it was just like small worlds. Yeah. Well, I mean the North Texas Fermi group was actually going to go out to the state fair. I think, like almost on that weekend, but not quite. So, like that's yeah. and there were only there's only twenty people in that server. So, like the fact that there were people there when that happened is kind of incredible, just yeah. statistically. Like, like it's America. It's more likely than anything. Well, well I, mean, I meant specifically the state fair. Yeah, 
Well, and like they're they're employing fucking off duty city of Dallas people. They have got fucking magnetometers. They're doing bag checks, and this motherfucker still got in with a gun. How? Like, what the hell, man? It's not hard to penetrate the security. Oh, I'm we sure did it's by accident that one time. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, because we were playing Pokemon Go, and then suddenly we were just back of house, and we were like, "Oh shit!" Oh shit, we're in the wrong area. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? I was following a vault pit. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yeah, because it was the Alolan day. Yeah. Um, and then we just were like, whoops, sorry, guys. And we wandered back the way we came. Yeah. No problem. But, you know, we're a couple of fat white dudes looking at our phones. We're not threatening exactly, thankfully. Um, yeah. Like, another thing, too, I saw that was, like, talk. Um, speaking of the decline of social media, like, basically Twitter's usage is down 20% across the board. Nice. Um, specific, mm-hmm. like, uh, pe- more People are looking at Elon Musk's profile, and he has more followers than anybody else on Twitter.com because it's all bots. But actual usage, like, of the people I follow, people are migrating to either posting their art to Itaku, posting their shit to co-host, or going to Blue Sky, or just wheeling up Telegram servers. Like, hey, I'm just making an art channel because fuck Twitter. Um, it really sucks. It's like, all three of those things I don't like too much. Well, and like, what sucks too is it's like, it's kind of like when a forum dies, Except this has been a massive international forum that people have, you know, friendships and vendettas and all this other shit. And now everything's going everywhere else. So you might run into somebody you really like and hadn't talked to in a while on on Blue Sky. Or you might be like, oh, this fucker, ah, and block them real quick before they can see you. I was thinking of the children's book cover with the the bunny in the raincoat. And it's like, oh, look, it's this asshole again. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it is like that. And you find people that, like, you had blocked on twitter for whatever reason popping up and they're like nope i remember your toxic bullshit i've i've seen your opinions they're bad you should feel bad yeah so here's something that's exciting that well it's exciting in as much that like it's cool that they're actually someone is trying so as we all know i'm a big fan of entheogens which is to say psilocybin. I haven't had the opportunity to do it, but I've certainly done a lot of research. And a bill, Illinois bill would remove psilocybin as Schedule One drug, create psilocybin advisory board in Illinois. Um, and my thought was like, boy, that would make MFF interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but, I mean, basically it would be for therapeutic use. You wouldn't want to do mushrooms and go to a furcon, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, it might be quite the experience if you're like microdosing, but um, I feel uh, like that's how people end up dying in fursuit. Yes, that would be a way to die in fursuit and would really be a big problem. So don't actually do that at a con. You should do it in the proper set and setting with people you trust and not just like f- say, fuck it, we ball and do it, at least according to all my research. Um, anyways, so Senate Bill 2612 was filed today by Senate, Senator Willie Preston has been sent to the Senate Assignments Committee. The proposed law would establish the Illinois Psilocybin Advisory Board within the Department of Public Health for the purpose of advising and making recommendations to the department regarding the provision of psilocybin and psilocybin services and would remove it from the Schedule One controlled substances list, which is basically the highest tier. It's like what fucking weed was scheduled at on the go- uh, by the government, mm-hmm. and it was, goes back to fucking Richard Dixon, that asshole. Um, basically using it to kind of quash the 60s, the late 60s countercultural movement mm-hmm. right. by making weed and, and psychedelics illegal. They could like crush those movements by making them, 
both illegal and unpopular. Yeah. The blacks and the Mexicans are smoking the weed and the hippies are, are eating the fucking mushrooms. And, and Well, I mean, if you listen to the most recent Last Podcast on the Left series prior to this one, it was about a guy who killed his entire family and tried to blame it on hippies high on LSD um, at the height of that that time frame. And so, like, yeah, like the, the it was really the whole war on drugs was just like, we're going to crush minorities and really stomp the countercultural stuff that was happening in the late 60s, early 70s under the dirt. Mm. It really sucks those didn't, like, continue on. Oh, but the thing is, like, apparently uh, you can cultivate your own very easily um and the way to look do it is very simple it's just you know you're still dealing with a very illegal substance but it's interesting that because of things like michael pollan's book how to change your mind and the netflix series they have been doing research into this as treatment for ptsd depression apparently it functionally just resets your brain like and like even a single therapeutic dose is equivalent to like doing like a six month of cognitive behavioral therapy for people with heavy depression in most cases like the research is really interesting and i really encourage you guys to either read the book or just look up the netflix Mm -hmm. series it's a four-part one-hour series or yes four episodes i think and it's an hour long and it's basically rehashing a lot of the book Mm -hmm. in a netflix ish documentary series um but it is cool that certain states are trying to be like all right well okay people are growing and using these things and it's not causing people to eat their children and it's showing these therapeutic medicinal effects so why don't we try to control it a little bit because i mean a, a lot of it is also like can the government make money off of this the answer is no because i mean you can get spores for cheap as shit it's like really cheap um and they're mushrooms they grow in almost anything um like all the kids that i knew that did it raised them on cow patties yeah i mean yeah. you can get them they they grow in cow, cow patties you go into the right forest up in the northwest you're anywhere that's moist enough mm, they're they're all over the place there's a, a subreddit called shroom id and most people's photos are these are these the good ones and they're like no <laughs> yeah it be careful with mushrooms. It's real easy to die. Yeah. Like, unless you know somebody who has been foraging for mushrooms for, like, 20 years, like, I really wouldn't trust anyone else's mushroom advice. Even pictures can well, kind of be... Especially iffy. since there's been a recent spate of, quote-unquote, AI-written mushroom identification guides, which oh, are just well, fucking wrong. I remember yep. hearing about this. Um, yeah. It's, and scientists and experts freaking out about like, oh my this God. information is going to literally get somebody killed. Yep. Well, because like one of the things that uh, I saw recently on the Mushroom ID, because it j- basically if you go to a subreddit once or twice, that'll keep suggesting it. Hey, here's a post from this community you visited once before, and if someone who found themselves like some big honkin' Amanita muscaria related uh, Amanita type mushroom, which they're not they're a deliriant they make you go crazy and they were used by like the sami people of the norwegian area like except they would feed it to the mushroom to their caribou and then drink the urine so So because it was diluted and so it was a deliriant they would you know like shamans would use it and shit but not to eat them 
And if a human eats them, it's very, very bad. And someone was like, is this a good mushroom? And people are like, very no. <laughs> so, um... I'm gonna eat it anyway. It's like, I... I think it's cool. Pizza. Like, SB 2612 would create a psilocybin control and regulation fund, the Illinois Psilocybin Fund, and it requires the Department of Agriculture, Illinois Liquor Control Commission, and Department of Revenue to perform specific duties. The measure also contains provisions of concerning rulemaking, taxes, fees, zonings, labeling penalties, and expungement of past charges related to possession of psilocybin and psilocin. So uh, there's a link to that on the article. Of course, this is an article on the Marijuana Herald. Um, you know, only the finest of news choices here on Southpaws, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that's, well, I mean, it was posted on one of the Sherm from Reddits I've looked at a couple times. Uh, Honestly, it's probably better news reporting than most of the mainstream sites. Oh, well, yeah. They're, the Onion is better news reporting than a lot of the issues. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like, uh, New York Times pitch bot on Twitter is basically accurate a lot of the times. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Compassionate Use and Research of Entheogens Act, uh, that would be nice, because, you know, like, there's been a couple states where they've kind of loosened them, the restrictions on that, but mm-hmm. it's still just, because the way that our country's drug laws work, that's why, you know, weed dispensaries in states where it's been legal for a long-ass time still have to be, like, cash-only and shit, mm-hmm. and it and makes it hard to them have banking it's it's just a bunch of stupid moralistic bullshit mm-hmm. and yeah. then you mm-hmm. end up with states just pissing away the potential of lots of tax revenue because yeah. of morals and bullshit like that you know yeah. that's you why know, i kind of hate that cryptocurrency turned out to be such a shit thing like, yeah yeah because that could have been a good way to do that but, yeah but you know, good intentions hell pathways yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, a bible thing yeah. yeah and it is really funny because you have the same people that are like oh marijuana will kill your kid and all this other shit are the ones that are also getting like the boutique ass amway pyramid scheme cbd gummies or thc8 gummies that like they sell at arts festivals and shit to wine mm. moms it's like oh well you know these are highly synthetic made in lab chemicals and that's a plant that grows in the ground mm. uh, let's discuss the a lot two of people confuse uh legality with morality true mm-hmm. uh so but hey at least the uh you can still get fake weed here in texas they recently were like no no this is still fine on like delta eight and the like which i mean it's again it's all really like highly synthetic chemical like it's basically a party drug type thing and not directly from the plant but mm-hmm. basically i trust the people who are like oh yeah don't touch that their yeah. opinion over like the dude at the head shop yeah. uh, or the guy selling them on the square in denton at the one of the little markets they're like yeah get yourself some delta 8 th8 you know these are these will still get you high and the guy like preferred to them it's like, it's like the diet coke of weed yeah. And when asked about it, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah, dude. Nah. I mean, that's like the sketchiest. I mean, it's not really the sketchiest thing, but like buying knockoff weed from a dude selling him at a tent at a market off the square just feels kind of like extra sketchy, even if it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I want to go in a store and have dudes that have. Fucking weed sommelier. Yeah, I want a weed sommelier. 
Like, I don't think you're really buying weed until you're buying the mystery weed from the homeless guy that lives in the tent encampment. See, what he would do is he'd put all of his weed buds in a tote, and then he'd shake them up, and then, like, pour you a little baggie. That seems like a real recipe for a bad time. No, it was great. Okay, well, hey, as long as it didn't... He had the best shit. Hey, I will trust your uh, experiences on that one. Ooh, fuck. My laptop decided to turn the screen off and go to sleep, even though we're recording on it i mm-hmm. guess i hadn't molested it in long enough to your design yeah, yeah. Is, is it on battery? no it's, it's plugged it's in. in yeah i don't There's know man. no excuse it's just it's like mac it's just like i am tired <laughs> it's uh, going to take a nap and then siri heard you doing illegal things that is such a yeah siri's a narc she told her me talking about like mushrooms and weed and the like mm-hmm. but you know it turns out when you hit you know when you get old it's like yeah drugs why not yay I mean, it's no different than all the other drugs that I take that a doctor gave me. <laughs> this drug makes me happy. This drug makes me awake. This drug makes me happy because the one that makes me awake makes me sad. By your this drug is for my diabetes because I'm sad, so I eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're out there raw-dogging reality, I'm just like, how? Yeah. That's, you know, my official stance on the matter. Drugs. Pretty good. So that has been uh, the excitement that's going on. Because, I mean, there's... Other than that, it's just like, hey, there's... Watching Lower Decks and watching this, that, and the other. Spider-Verse was 10 bucks. Or, across, yeah, Across the Spider-Verse was 10 bucks, And there's some other stuff that was on sale that Panthers picked up that we're going to watch. Mm. Other than that, it's like, all right, well, what's next in the bar for us? And it's like, MFF and FC coming up. Mm. You've got books coming out. We talked about a show of the ropes, which is going to be available soon, question mark. Um, I know Glow Possum has been shipping out mass piles of orders because she posted a photo in Blue Sky today of her car twice filled with orders going out. Nice. Um, and so that's exciting. And now it's just like, all right, well, we just got to cruise the rest of the year. Hopefully I'll get edit notes back from Kyle for Love Match 2 and Titles. And my cousin can then get herself a copy and listen to it. <laughs> Did she slap the roof of her car and go, this car can hold so many trans girls? No, oh, maybe. <laughs> like, she could have. But mm-hmm. she just was like, yep, this is trip number two. And it's just like massive, massive, massive. She got a whole crap load of the bins that you got. The yeah, meal the bins. One. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. This thing is thick, too. Yeah, so I'm hoping that we'll get the production done on... Basically, once I get edit notes back from Kyle, I can do the full-on production. Unless he's just going to be like, surprise, I got someone else to do the production. And then, well, okay. Um, (laughs) I don't think that's the case. Oh, and actually, Kyle did write us an email this week. We have have an email. Holy shit, guys. We have an email. What? To to, to southpawscast at gmail.com. We do... Like the email box does work. Yes. It's not, it's just because stuff. <laughs> um, so, Comic Con's in attendance. This is what Kyle sent. Mm-hmm. Hey, all. On your Full Moons episode 545, you talked about Comic-Cons and how they count attendance. I've been interested in this for a while and recently dug up an article from 2017 that talks about the ways different Comic-Cons count attendance. Mm. I've linked it, but briefly, some cons 
count unique individuals, San Diego Comic-Con, some count ticket sales, New York Comic-Con, and some count turnstiles, as Fuzz mentioned, most other regional Comic-Cons. So if you buy a multi-day pass to the con, San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con count you as one. Others count you as however many days of the con you attend. If you buy three single-day passes, SDCC still counts you as one. You have to use a unique member ID to buy a ticket. And all the others count you as three. But in 2017, New York Comic Con stopped offering multi-day passes at all, so everyone has to buy single tickets for every day they attended, and that jumped their reg numbers. The article, and there's a Comic Con attendance thing, you guys would know better than I would what method furry cons use. It's either individuals or ticket sales, and I'm not sure how that for a furry con there's much difference between them. Yay for con geekery, Kyle. P.S. I am completely on board for a dev cosplayer getting railed in public at Folsom. Good. Because it might have happened the weekend of Folsom... I happened to see, thanks to the Discovery algorithm on Blue Sky, a guy dressed up in a num- number 57 UFL Firebirds jersey with a tiger mask in their hand going out to Folsom to get fucked on the street, I am I hope. Or maybe fucking someone on the street. Either way, that's cool. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Though, to answer Kyle's questions, it's generally just purely ticket sales. So, like, we base our attendee numbers on the number of in unique IDs that we have in Convention Master. Yeah, but it's not, it's, it's like, it's for all three days. Yeah, it's like our attendance is basically how many badges did we sell? Yeah. Um, and that was how we managed it for Nightmare Nights back in the day, too, because, like, yeah, Turnstile, it's, it gives you big number, but not accurate number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for us, badge sales was directly tied to our budget, yeah. and we, could not give people the impression that we were having a higher attendance and therefore had more money mm-hmm. that would affect our ability to negotiate with, say, guests. So if we have, oh, we have a turnstile of 6,000 people, well, they're going to like, oh, well, they can probably afford to pay this higher rate for appearance fees. When I say, we have an attendance of fifteen to 1,700 badges sold, they go, oh, okay, and give us a better deal. Um, at least that was how we handled it. We also were charismatic and had good dealings with the agent we worked with so we got good deals regardless and our reputation was extremely good which is how we got terrace uh, not terrace strong lauren faust our last year anyways not to toot my own horn from six years ago but yeah like most conventions that are small count their badges sold because that gives them an accurate number of how much money is going to hit the bank by the end of the weekend mm-hmm. and that makes sure they can pay off all their obligations because yeah like if MFF counted their turnstile, they'd have like what forty five thousand attendees. Probably. Yeah. Or wait, probably. actually, no. It's a, it's a, it's like four days, right? Four or five days. It extends so far. So, like, if they counted every attendee for every day of con events, you'd have some ridiculous number. Like, oh, you know, MFF had eighty thousand attendees, which is yeah, not at all true. Still officially three days. It's just people show up Wednesday. Everyone's arriving on Wednesday, but there's no batched areas to get into. Yeah, FC, on the other hand, actually does have panels on Monday and I think on Thursday. Does yeah. Fiesta sometimes have panels on Thursday? Yeah. As well? We have yeah. some late night panels on Thursday and like the board game room is set up, which... Um, in the wizard tower so like sometimes you people like oh hey what's going on here and i'm like we're setting up you want to help and end up getting a bunch of extra hands which is always helpful yeah i'm not going to complain about that but that was this last year Bittergrim got us a that simpsons cabinet oh I love and that it so came flat packed 
So it took a group of four volunteers looking at the Ikea-ass instructions for three hours to put that bitch together. And then at the end of the con, they were like, hey, so uh, is that flat pack down? And I'm like, absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> that is a once it's up, it is done. Congratulations. This is the thing. If you want to complain, it's Bittergrim's fault. <laughs> Honestly, that was like my favorite thing in that entire place. Like I played that multiple times throughout the weekend and I never go to the art game room usually. One thing that I need to actually message Bittergrim about at walmart they discounted their copies of jackbox party pack 7 for playstation Ooh. 4 to ten dollars nice. and i picked up a copy for because we're getting playstations 5 this year to replace like half of the number that we had mm-hmm. and we we're gonna, still going to have the older units we can then have more stuff so we can set up jackbox party pack 7 on one of the playstation 4s on one of the big tvs and put someone to keep an eye on it so that people aren't drawing like swastikas or something yeah. um and let people go to town and play that yeah um but that's just one of those things where like hey you know we're expanding our space we're expanding the games on offer and so jackbox hey people love jackbox it's a fun game oh that's right you're gonna be in the room that has that giant crystal chandelier thing now aren't you no we're still in 37 we're just taking over the entire like one through five no i'm talking about 37 no that big funky chandelier that's not our space no oh okay because that's where the pup play thing was last year and it was yeah on the same floor but... that's a floor above no us. it was a floor above yeah you're right yeah um so you know that just we're expanding our offerings to have more stuff for more people to play that don't necessarily have to be like fighting games or racing games or something because we have more consoles and more space and more televisions so bada bing we're good mm-hmm. and we're gonna have that para para thing again conventions they're a whole thing they're a whole ass thing but we're like six months away from fiesta uh, that's too soon i know right it's yeah. all too soon because like you have mfef at the end of the year then fc then maybe anthro expo if for some reason my parents managed to get off the wait list and into the room they're going to get like a single table and then fiesta fiesta and then the cycle siesta. continues uh, anthrocon siesta <sighs> the conventions will continue until morale improves well uh-huh. i hope so because uh-huh. i would like my morale to improve that would be nice it would be yeah because did did you go over everything that's happened to us in the last two weeks yes unfortunately yeah um, sometimes well, vague terms, but yeah. What about we, my parents? Oh, shit, oh, we didn't mention that. Not your parents. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my parents went out of town, and like my dad had moved his tractor into the tool shed, and he put all the other equipment in there, and then the tractor caught on fire and like destroyed it all. Oh, man. That's... And it was just like, I was so happy, because it was like, yay, you'll finally stop! <laughs> Well, I mean, your parents are in their 70s, right? Yeah, my dad is. You're a bit too old to be doing that shit, really. Like, I always said he'd stop when he was forced to stop. I'm just glad he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Because he wasn't there, and if he had been, he would have ran into the fucking building, and he'd be in, like, the the emergency room right now. It's like, I'm going to try to drive the thing out of the barn, and whoops, that would have been bad. (laughs) That literally would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm I'm like, this doesn't sound far-fetched, I'm not... Second thing, this sounds like it would sounds like it'd be something he'd do. Mm-hmm. So. And he's out there trying to save it all and like get his water hose and just squirt. No, I'm talking about like after after it got put out by the firefighters. Oh. And like um he went out into the combine the other day to try to start it and like the fucking console was melted with the key in it and he couldn't even turn the key. <laughs> this thing was in a fire that burned everything around it. Let's see if it starts. <laughs> 
he managed to get his dad's tractor to start. It's the only piece of equipment he managed to salvage. So oh, that's yeah. something at least. Yeah, didn't have brakes before. It's not going to be in great shape now. Oh well, yeah. yeah. At least you're here and not up there. Exactly. So it's not really your problem. No, which is nice. It's been fun to watch though. Yeah. Well, you know when 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 your parents get old as. We both have, you know, you have to, like, be a little more, like, are, are you sure you want to do this? So, anything else, guys? I'm going to Naked Bear Time. Yeah, you're going to Naked Bear Time. Yep. I'm also going to go to the Houston Ren Fair while I'm down there. Fantastic. I'm get my tickets, so that'll be fun. So it's kind of neat. A clothed uh, bear time. that they have an actual shuttle from the Naked Bear Camp to the Ren Fair. Oh, that rules. they're pretty close, so that's super handy. Yeah, like, it's great. So, like, you, in theory, if you're somebody who drank, you could you just go get totally plastered and then come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, like, I gotta figure out if it's economical to do that or to go park because I'm gonna be with two other people, so. And I'm gonna be there till Monday. It's so nice just to tell work to fuck off today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Peace out, bitches. Yeah, pretty much. Was like, here, here's all of these fires. Good luck! <laughs> have fun storming the castle mm-hmm. yeah i could tell you about some ridiculous fucking doctor who drama but i don't feel like <laughs> you can tell us off the air yeah i don't want to have like another half an hour discussing this on the i mean because we've already bullshit for like 90 minutes almost yeah Ooh, i made little hats for my pumpkins yeah, yeah. i have to say the uh the fucking arms race on this neighborhood is gone pretty far oh yeah like it's nuts because because the house in the cul-de-sac always decorated for halloween and they had a couple things and they got more aggro but then the instagram influencers with the airbnb moved in down at the end of the road Uh and it's just gone nuclear (laughs) and now like everybody in the fucking neighborhood has some kind of last year they were doing trunk or treat at the end of the road and there was just like all these kids in the neighborhood and I'd gone out somewhere for a night. I might have been hanging out with like you and Shiva, but I came home and I was like, Why is the main road out here so fucking busy? And then um and then I looked out front and I was just like, Jesus, and I saw all these fucking people. So, they were trunk or treating outside the house with like eight skeletons. Yes. Wow, I didn't know about that last year. How were there just hundreds? Well, just a bunch. But like couple of dozen at okay. least yeah i might not have enough candy especially because i keep that eating has, that has never been on this street for halloween before <laughs> i had to have tear and hide the Reese's peanut butter cups on me because i kept eating the entire bags <laughs> and then i'd go buy more so i'd have them and then i'd eat those bags <laughs> see panther and i we don't have to worry about that because we live in an apartment and mm-hmm. so we don't have trick-or-treaters or anything like that mm-hmm. so we normally don't in this neighborhood, but like since that house at the end moved in, it's the, now now we do. The arms and like race. it's always yeah. been my dream to have trick or treaters come to my door, and because I lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere, like you didn't get trick or treaters, you didn't do anything for Halloween. Yeah, like and Halloween yeah. was always my favorite holiday, and now I get to actually do stuff for it. Like I'm gonna wear my shark costume and like. Meanwhile, I'm being a total Grinch. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I bought a silver bucket, and uh, I'm going to put chum on the side in red paint. Oh, so you can do your shark yeah, outfit. I can have a chum bucket, and then I'm going to have full-size candy bars. Oh, like, look at you. I, I yeah, I'm going just, to aggro. 
take a handful of melatonin and get a good night's curmudgeon. <laughs> bah humbug! Don't you know the spirit of Halloween? <laughs> Remember the reason for the season. Uh, yeah, Halloween was always my favorite holiday. That and Thanksgiving, because it's all about food. <laughs> Anyway, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap this. Let's let's wrap this up because we're literally at ninety minutes on the raw, which you know, this this will sate your bloodlust, your podcast lust, dear listeners. So, uh, yeah, follow us on Blue Sky or Mastodon. Yeah, for Planet.com, buy some books. Baddogbooks.com, buy some ebooks. Uh, you'll see us at MFF, not us, but like Tyrion and some of the For Planet crew. And then hopefully you'll see Fuzz and I at FC in January. Yay! Make sure to buy Peace and Love at MFF. And yeah. tip your waiters. The, yep. the comic book, but you should tip them anyway. <laughs> we have new stuff coming out. Yep, yeah. and we can talk about it another time. Good night. And big balls. <laughs>